0: What's up, guys? Rick here with your DFS preview for this week's RBC Heritage. This is a fun little event and actually a pretty great field considering it's the week after a major championship and the masters was unbelievable I mean Hideki Matsuyama uh, played phenomenal golf we saw Will Torres near the top of the leaderboard Xander tried to bust through again and even for me who uh, had no lineup sweats essentially over the course of the weekend no bet outright sweats over the weekend it was still an enjoyable watch I took the big whiff on Patrick Cantlay I was very uh adamant that and and bullish on him as listen, as I think I should be, you know, it's, it's one of these situations. There was really nothing um, to, to, for us to imagine that, Patrick Cantlay, Daniel Berger, Rory McIlroy, Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson are all going to miss the cut, right? I mean, we could say what we want about Brooks and Rory, uh, but some of these other guys are just, they're, they're shockers. And, and I think it's kind of two things. You know, I actually had somebody that I respect email me and say, you know, when things go, when things go wrong, when, when, uh, when the model doesn't work, uh, for example, wh- why do you think that is? And I thought it was a pretty insightful question. And for me, at least for the masters, I think there's two things, um, One, the margins at Augusta National are very, very small. We saw that all week long. If you are just a little bit off, uh, you know, 12 inches in one direction or another, you could be close. You could be next to the pin or you could be rolling 30 yards back into the fairway. And those margins are very, very small. So when they start to add up, um, it becomes troublesome. And the other thing is, listen, golf happens golf happens sometimes and for the most volatile sport that we have, uh, you know, think about it. If you hit every single one of your approach shots to eight feet, you are the best approach player on on the planet by far. It's not even close. Um, even from there, you're then only fifty percent to make that putt. It's just a sport where where failure happens all the time. And I think there's lessons to be learned from it. I mean, also also the fact that if you if you don't start well, they don't even let you finish the tournament. That's that's the other crazy thing about golf compared to other sports. Could you imagine if Steph Curry had a poor shooting first half and they said Steph? Stay in the locker room you can't come out and play anymore Uh, how many times would he come out and and score 25 points and save you and and just kind of um you know get your lineups back you know how often does does tom brady have a poor first half comes comes out and, and throws three touchdowns in the second half to to save you uh that doesn't happen in golf you can never get saved on the weekend from a guy who misses the cut so All said, uh, not a great week for me, but it actually was a good week for a lot of users and a lot of you out there, and I want to point out a couple of them. Um, Kevin, Kevin sent me an email. He finished second in the $33 dog leg. He ended up winning... Uh, over two thousand dollars, and he the, the point the the sentence that he said that that was noteworthy for me was he said thanks for all the data to allow us to make informed decisions, and that right there is my goal right to present you with the data, the information, and then you can make the most out of it for yourselves and do what you are comfortable with, and then here's a big boy, uh, Doctor Mick Goodbody. Uh, goes out and wins $115,000 at the Masters. $100,000 of it came from that $200 single entry on DraftKings, which I absolutely love. Uh, So congratulations to them. Those are the two that I just wanted to point out. Also, I have winners for subscriptions to rickrungood.com. Michael Daly through a YouTube comment. He won. And John Dubois, I believe I'm pronouncing that correctly. Also a winner through an iTunes uh, review. So if you want to win a subscription to rickrungood.com, those are the two ways to do it. If you're here on YouTube, like the the video, make sure you're subscribed and leave a comment below with who you think is going to win the RBC Heritage. The other way, leave a five-star rating and review on the podcast version of this show. It is called 300 Yards to Unknown and it will be linked in the description. Say something nice about the show. Leave me your Twitter handle so that I can get in touch with you. And then finally... We're going to jump jump into golf here in just a second. There are two live chats this week. There is the regular 3 p.m. live chat on Wednesday, Rick Rungood YouTube channel for all your questions, answers, ownerships, whatever you want to talk about. And then there is a second live chat for stock market DFS for the jock market. That is 8.15 p.m. Eastern time, same place, Rick Rungood YouTube channel. I think that handles all of the housekeeping items. Let's jump into this week's DFS preview. All right, let's talk about Town and RBC Heritage. So Harbortown Golf Links, this is a staple on the PGA Tour. Beautiful course, a tournament that most guys love going to. The fact that it could can, it can even pull a field this strong is pretty impressive. Of course, it is a peat Dye design and one of the most unique courses on the PGA Tour, most notoriously because of the very small greens. 3,700 square feet on average. Only Pebble Beach, on average, has small. Or greens on the PGA Tour. They're about 3,500. So these are very, very small. You also get these tree-lined fairways uh, that really, even if you're in the fairway, if you don't have the correct angle, you could be in trouble just a bit. So you have to be, um, you know, you get rewarded for, for accuracy off the tee and then precision with your second shots. And because distance is not necessarily a prerequisite for success we have seen shorter winners we have seen more random winners at this event Webb Simpson certainly falls into the category of a shorter hitter although he's not all that short but he's uh, much better after they hit their tee shots than before so he is your defending champion we've seen CT Pan win, Satoshi Kadira Wesley Bryan those all fit the mold of kind of longer shot shorter but more accurate hitters guys that you know are going to play the angles uh, and can get hot for a week. And that's what we've seen here. So we're going to embrace a little bit of that, of course, for this week. And if I scroll down on the course key stats tool, again, all of this is rickrungood.com. Check it out. Have a blast. Um, The the key stats for RBC Heritage, uh, they also... Tend to back up what we see with our eyes, right? So, this is my opportunity to take every single PGA Tour stat to run it against uh, the success and failures of the players that have had that we've had at each course and start to build profiles of golfers that are successful here. Well, driving accuracy, the number one most important stat for RBC Heritage that makes complete sense if you are not accurate off the tee um, you are if you are missing fairways you are often going to have a lot of tree trouble at Harbor Town. that's that's what's happening and then usually uh, guys that are more accurate off the tee tend to be a hair more accurate with their irons with their wedges so uh, that's going to come into play here in a second but this other one here driving distance uh, that's the second most important stat now you're you're probably thinking, well, how can those two things go together, Rick? Well, think about it this way you know, if you are there are a lot of areas at Harbortown where there are natural landing spots. Everybody's going to play down to the end of the dog leg. Okay. So everybody's gonna play to the same spot. Now, if everyone is playing from the same spot on their second shot. Guys that hit the ball further are going to have shorter irons in or shorter clubs in to the green. So these two things can indeed go together because driving distance, that, that means you also have more distance with all your other clubs too. It is not just that you pound driver and you're the, on the same level as everybody else. So these two things actually, and this is what makes Harbertown so unique kind of do go together and then we've seen uh really good putters play well here in the past and we have seen guys that make a ton of birdies play well here in the past because this tends to be a hair of a birdie fest I think when Webb won it last year it was 23 under 20 22 23 under I know Hatton I think got to 20 and he finished third so it was probably 21 22 23 something in there so you got to make a lot of birdies or at least you did last year. Obviously, if the wind starts kicking up off of the water, that can change in a hurry. But in in theory, you want guys that can make a bunch of birdies. So who are these guys? Who are these guys that drive the ball straight, drive it long? Well, let's start with um, let's start with fairway percentage. That would be driving accuracy. I have the last fifty rounds loaded in here. You can certainly do whatever you want. Brendan Todd is number one. Brendan Todd in his last 50 rounds is hitting nearly 75% of his fairways. The other thing that Brendan Todd has going for him, he is a very good putter. In fact, one of the best putters in this field over the same time frame. So he has just checked two of our three boxes right here at the start of the show. We've got Brendan Todd at $7,300. That's going to be interesting. Brian Stewart is second. Ryan Armour is third. Sungjae Im is fourth. And Jim Furyk is fifth. Also, I'm going to, jump down one more here uh Colin Morikawa 10500 he is 6 he's one of our one of our big boys he hits an absolute ton of fairways so what i like about this this graph here and with the the color formatting that i have uh it's easy to kind of find guys that that, that fit two of, the, two of the things together. So I, I've got this sorted by fairway percentage, but you can see the guys that hit it long, you know, are in green here. So Sung JM the longest of the more accurate guys. Colin Morikawa falls into that category as well. Brandon Todd, very, very accurate, one of the shorter hitters. So um, I, I like to be able to just kind of look across and find guys that are also good putters. Kevin Kisner is a good putter and a guy who hits a lot of fairways. Sung JM, Ryan Armor fit that mold as well. And then if we sort by driving distance, we can look at this the other way. Find me guys that uh hit or that hit it far and then hit more fairways than their peers. Well, the answer to that is Paul Casey. You know, he is probably uh 20th or so in driving distance, but of those top 20, he is the best in finding fairways. We're gonna talk more about Paul Casey in a second, but I do like the way that this This table is set up because it allows you to easily identify these things. And then if we go to uh, strokes, gain, putting, which is one of the other top categories, here's Matthew Fitzpatrick, Mackenzie Hughes, Brendan Todd again, Kevin Kisner, JT Poston. They're your top five. Webb Simpson sneaks into the sixth spot as well. There you can look across and see, okay, Brandon Todd, Kevin Kisner, they hit a ton of fairways. Matt Fitzpatrick hits enough of them. Mackenzie Hughes sprays it. That would be a little bit concerning for me. So uh, these are all things to take into account for this week. And if you want to dive into any of these stats more in depth, you can click any of the PGA Tour stats for the players in this field, see what their rank is. So for example, there is a really interesting stat that I've referenced before, and I want to see if I can find it. I believe it is called... Oh, it's not an official stat and it's not from the feed. I thought it was a good one. Okay, so there is so there's the, the what I'm showing you is from the feed here. Um the from the PGA Tour feed that that allows me to tap into all these stats. Uh, I guess it's not an official part of the feed, but there is a stat called good drive percentage, which means how often did you hit the fairway or how often did you hit the green or fringe in regulation? It essentially means you're putting yourself in a good spot. This is the time I would want to use that stat, or you could always look at kind of distance from edge of fairway. That is generally speaking, um, maybe more in line with what the golfers target might have been. There's kind of different ways to interpret this, but I do like good drive percentage. That's a stat that you can find on the PGA tours website. I think it's, I think it's a pretty interesting one, especially for this week. So let's look at the cheat sheet for this week. And this is a pretty stacked field. We've got, what, six golfers over $10,000. Bryson DeChambeau withdrew on Monday, and he withdrew before the pricing came out. So we don't have that issue that we have seen uh, in the last couple of weeks. And it's led by Dustin Johnson at $11,600. Patrick Cantlay, Webb Simpson, Colin Morikawa, Cam Smith making an appearance. Cam Smith, $10,200. i am going to look this up in a second. That might be the most expensive he's ever been. We'll have to figure out if that's warranted. That was a big surprise for me, especially considering Daniel Berger is below and Will Taurus is 9700 Cam Smith, massive price at RBC Heritage. We're going to have to talk about that. Uh, what do we do with these guys at the top? The two big boys, DJ and Patrick Cantlay, both missed the cut at the Masters, both very disappointing. Patrick Cantlay, to me, and trust me, I watched nearly every... Si- I, I, I did see every single shot he hit, was terrible. Uh, Looked uninterested even when he... He would eventually then hit good shots. I actually think his Friday round was a lot better. He would hit good shots. He'd leave himself a decent putt. And it, there was just absolutely no chance he was going to make it. It was, it was horrendous. Um, DJ played a little bit better, made a couple of bogeys on his second nine on Friday, ends up missing the cut. Uh, you know, <laughs> you guys are going to kill me for this. But if you, if you want to be different this week, are you going to go back to Patrick Cantlay? Listen, I I know. Like, is it too soon? People are, are, are already writing this guy off for a long time. I get it. It hurts my heart as well. He's never finished worse than seventh in his three trips here. He's gone third, seventh, third. That missed cut, can we give him a pass for it? I mean, he's been on a pretty good stretch of golf Um you know, with with the win back at the Zozo, the fact that he played well, uh, I mean, a bunch of times here in 2021. I, I don't know what I'm gonna do about this. I'm gonna probably wait and see Wednesday what this ownership number is because I think it's gonna be pretty low. We've got Web Simpson checking in at ten thousand seven hundred. He's gonna be incredibly popular. This is uh, one of those Web spots. We've got Colin Morikawa here. I just think I think that people are going to write off and be just upset to play Patrick Cantlay, which I understand, but I think that he's going to be a very interesting pivot play in this 10K range. Let's take a look at Morikawa here. And and what I've actually done um, is I did indeed load in the master strokes game numbers. This is um, to be clear, these are not official and I'm going to put a designation in here that they're not official, but um, they're about as official as they get, right? I mean, listen, it's it's from shot level data. It's the XYZ coordinates. It is it is from, you know, these are being calculated uh, by us. You know, Nelson Adcock, big, big help in being able to do this. I'm very comfortable with these numbers. Um, so I'm putting them on the website. They are not official because the Masters does not share that. They don't share it with the PGA Tour. But they're essentially being calculated in the same way that official um, – uh, official strokes gain numbers would be so I've included them in the database and in the same way that I included the match play numbers. So I'll I'll find a designation for for those to say hey just so you're aware these aren't official but I think having more information is always better than not. And when I look at Colin Morikawa, uh, what he did at Augusta National, un- unbelievable off the tee. He had he actually didn't even have his good stuff with his irons and he putted to a zero. That is. The blueprint, right? Isn't that the Colin Morikawa blueprint? Like he has essentially one of his worst uh iron weeks in I don't know, recent memory. Go go back to the Zozo Championship. He's routinely gaining five, six, seven, eight, nine strokes on approach. And he's now uh both at the Masters and the match play putted to a zero. Now he is not. Hovering there enough, it is very streaky with Morikawa with the putter. But if he hovers at a zero for, for multiple events, he's going to contend in a lot of them. So really interested about the blueprint that Colin Morikawa is laying right now. I think it's strong, very, very strong. And then the other guy, Webb... <clears throat> who has just you know, dominated here, and I can show you that in, in a second, uh, you know, he, he did not hit the belt ball well off the tee at Augusta National. That is not that big of a surprise. He gained three strokes on approach, and he putts well. This is, this is, um, this is kind of what you would expect to see around, um, around Augusta National for, for Weber. This Cam Smith number, uh, I I don't really understand this. Let's let's try to do a little bit of a deeper dive on Cam Smith here. I I know he's been playing well. I like the guy a lot. I was I was going to be ready to fire him up at eighty eight hundred bucks, but my goodness, he's he's ten thousand two hundred. Is that right? Ten thousand two hundred. Let's look at it. Okay. Well, driving distance, uh, not very good. One hundred and first driving accuracy. Not very good, 142nd. Strokes gained putting, okay. He's a top 20 player there. I I don't I don't know if I get this. I mean, I guess he's got the 10th place finish at the Masters. That's great. Doesn't make it out of his ma- group in match play. Top 20 at the players. I mean, he's, I guess he's got good results. He really does have good results coming into this. I'm not sure this is necessarily a great fit for him. And, and even if it is, I, I just I don't think I can pay ten thousand two hundred dollars for for Cameron Smith here. He's missed the cut in each of his last two trips. The two before that, he went 32nd and 29. I don't think this is a. I don't think this is a good fit for him. And I'm just sh- shocked at the number. How is he 10 to and Paul Casey's nine 2 I'm 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 genuinely surprised, uh, very much so about that number. Will Zalatoris $9,700. Is there anything this kid can't do? The answer is seemingly no. A runner-up finish at the Masters. He's unbelievable. Do I have slight concerns for him this week? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, Harbor Harbor town is such a unique golf course that I think we really do need to lean into like, what is a good course fit and what is it not is what is not a good course fit. Uh, the problem I have with will is he's not accurate off the tee. 161st on tour, uh, makes up a lot of his off the tee stuff with driving distance, which helps if you're just, if you're missing fairways here, you're just kind of. Dead, which worries me. Um, and then he's not a very good putter outside the top 100 in strokes gain putting. We know how important those two things are. Again, I'll, I'll say it again. He he has. There has not been a place where Will Zalatoris has not shown up and played well. And I said, if he does it at Augusta, oh my God, because of the experience that you need, he does it there. Uh, I'll say the same thing. If he does it here, I'd be very surprised. I love this kid. I'm so bullish on him. I hope he wins five times this year. I just the metrics don't really indicate that this would be a good spot for him, but he has defied all metrics this uh, up to this point. He's been he's been absolutely phenomenal. All right. Hatton, we're getting we're getting now down to the range, uh, the 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 bottom of the nine k. I, I absolutely love. You know, you get Terrell Hatton here. He's ninety five hundred. The fact that he even finished eighteenth at the Masters is a great sign. That is a place that has given him so much trouble trouble over the years. That was his best result, and he did it on Sunday, which is always uh, good stuff. Now he's coming back to Hilton Head, where remember he finished third last year and was even par after the first round, which is yeah, I mean, you got to make birdies. You had to make birdies here last year, so he shoots even par in the first round and twenty under over his final three holes. Definitely a guy who can get it going and have a lot of good vibes around here. I I really like Hatton this week. Um, seeing what I saw at Augusta National, that place has been his kryptonite, and then and then doing it here. Paul Casey, we have to talk about Paul Casey. Ninety two hundred. I um, you know again I was I was all in on Paul Casey last week uh and he played he played okay right he ends up finishing um I think inside the top 25. Yeah, 26 because he goes out there and shoots uh, one of the, the lowest rounds of the day on Sunday, a Sunday 69. And, you know, for I was showing you earlier, Paul Casey's ability to not only hit a ton of fairways but also hit it far is a pretty deadly combination around Town. The thing about Paul Casey is the putting, and we have to look at his round-by-round numbers from last week. All right, so here they are. Paul Casey in round one at the masters loses about a stroke on the greens loses about two in round two root loses another one in round three. And then, Oh, by the way, gains two and a half strokes in the fourth round putting, uh, what happens? Normally the answer would be nothing. The answer is actually, he went left hands low. Uh, if you, if you notice this, you can, you can check it out. I actually tweeted it out. Um, when, when he gets onto the first green, he goes left hand low on Sunday and rolls in a seven footer for Birdie. And he putted well all day long. Now, these guys are weird. They are they they tinker all the time. But if I was Paul Casey and I went left hand low and I gained two and a half strokes putting, I would uh, do that again this week. I do not know that. We are going to have to try to get reports from the course or maybe check it out in the pro-am, see if we can find some photos, see if we can find whatever to see if he is putting that into play again this week. Because if that's the one thing that unlocks Paul Casey's putting, I would be very, very excited about it. Paul Casey, $9,200. Uh, Matt Matt Fitzpatrick, $9,100, uh, played well again last week. He's got a couple of top 15s here in the last three years. Uh, I'm cool with him at 9100 I think it's a very fair price. I think I'm a buyer there. Abraham answer will likely be the chalk of the week. He's just been piling up piling up top 25s he finished runner up here last year he's only 8900 dollars that is going to be a guy you're going to see in a lot of builds for this week and i think it's i think it's warranted um let's th- let's do a deeper dive into tommy fleetwood because we haven't done one of those in a while and and fleetwood has been you know he's been making aces so of course he's been popping up everywhere and he had struggled to start 2021 coming over here his numbers weren't all that great let's see where he's at now Yeah. And he's starting to look a bit like vintage Tommy, you know, now six straight events, gating strokes on approach. he hit it well at the masters. Unfortunately, uh, did not putt well, which is kind of the story for Tommy Fleetwood also didn't hit his driver all that well. So trying to put it together with the irons, trying to figure out or not trying to put it together with the irons. Those are perfect. Trying to put it together with the rest of his game. Let's see who else do we have down here? Um, this is this is kind of a an ugly spot for me. You know, guys like like Brian Harmon, I think it's I think it's fine. I'm not super excited about Sergio Garcia, understandable, finished fifth here last year. He's been playing well, missed the cut at the Masters. Uh I'm not I'm not super excited to play any of these guys until maybe until maybe Matt Kuchar, which is not a name that I generally uh talk about, but he has been he's been playing a lot better. Um when you get, I mean, the history around here is incredible, right? So if we go to his more history and we go to, and just look at all of the top tens, I'm pretty sure he hasn't missed. He's made, he's made something crazy. Like I don't want to say the wrong number, probably 16 consecutive cuts. I think that's right. Just something absolutely bonkers. He won here in 2014. He's been piling up top tens uh, since he's been coming to, to Hilton head. So Kuchar at 8,000 and, and Kevin nod, 8,100, I think are, are, are interesting as well. Kevin Nah. He's he's doing a good thing right now. Let me show you. Here's his golfer profile page. And you can see, even though he's losing strokes off the tee this year, it's actually the best he's been since 2016, which is kind of crazy. The short game is always where he kind of works that magic. And he's very, very streaky at times, but he hits a ton of fairways. He ranks 21st on the PGA Tour in driving accuracy. He's not very long off the tee. That's not necessarily terrible here the the, sh- the putting numbers have been bad which is kind of shocking because you'd expect um you'd expect kevin not to be better but the thing that's hard to kind of parse out in the stats is i mean he's he's basically a, a dead zero uh, in in the calendar year of 2021 uh but it's very streaky. He will gain three, he will lose seven, he'll gain five. I mean, it's, it's, it's volatility. It's not like he's going out and he's an average putter every single week. So if you want to embrace that volatility, if you want a guy that kind of fits the mold for the type of, of golfers who can win at Harbor Town, Kevin Noss certainly, uh, I think, fits that mold for, for type of golfer. Before we jump down to the real value of the 7K, the 6K, I want to go back to the Holy Grail and I want to just look at this event for the last six years. So RBC Heritage strokes gain numbers for the last six years and see the guys that have been gaining the most. So if we just do straight up strokes gain total, it's Sergio Garcia, but he only has four rounds here. Next is that man, Patrick Cantlay. Listen, I'm scared too. But the numbers, the numbers really like him again, again. I mean, I don't know. You'll have to decide for yourself. JT Poston is third. He has eight rounds here. He's gaining 2.3 strokes per round. Matt Kuchar, 24 rounds. He has the biggest sample size. He has played well here. And then Dylan Fratelli rounds out the top five with Dustin Johnson and Ian Poulter right behind. If you look at kind of some of the other metrics, let's look at strokes gained approach here. Sergio, Matthew, Neesmith, Abraham Answer, Emiliano Grio, Rafael Campos, and Webb Simpson. Those are the only guys who have uh, gained at least one stroke on approach per round. And then if you want to find the good putters here, oh, guys with a sample size, the first one would be Michael Thompson, 16 rounds. Gaining nearly a stroke per round on the Greens. Brian Harmon's been phenomenal in 20 rounds. We do have some guys like Bo Hossler, Patrick Rogers, Christian Bazadenhote, who, you know, Harry Higgs, they have smaller sample sizes. They are playing, uh, they're up here as well. And then finally, uh, if you want to do the the architect crossover, you want to do Pete Dye. Let's do a little Pete Dye action. You know, he's got a lot of courses out there on the PGA Tour. Uh, We can load this field in. Patrick Cantlay, number one, 47 rounds. Well ahead of the rest of the field, gaining 1.96 strokes uh, total on Pete Dye courses. I get it, guys. I get it. You're going to have to just click his name and close your eyes, and or maybe you're not going to have to. You don't have to. But the numbers, again... All seem to like Patrick Cantlay. Siwoo Kim also in this split. Uh, He's at a stroke and a half per round. Chase Seifert, Dustin Johnson, Matt Kuchar, Abraham Answer, Cam Davis. All seem to find success on Pete Dye courses as well. Let's jump down to this 7K range and see what we can find. So Robert McIntyre has been great. Right, so he finishes twelfth at the Masters. He finishes ninth at the Match Play. So that's him getting knocked out in the Sweet Sixteen. Uh, lefty, you can see how many how many DraftKings points he has gained. Uh, over his peers it's a huge number it's 30 so he's interesting at 7800 we talked about Kisner kind of fitting the mold of the type of player that would have success here you know we talked about Ian Poulter putting well on these greens and he's had a lot of success here so those are probably the guys that I'm going to kind of live with uh Brandon Todd at 7300 we talked about him as well so these are the names that we've kind of already talked about I don't think there's any surprises down here that we're missing out on uh dylan fratelli who missed the cut at the masters which you know you can give him a pass for whatever played well at the match play has played well here in the past seventy two hundred dollars i'd probably like him more than a lot of the other guys in the low seven thousand dollar range i think he's interesting i think he has a lot of upside that's what we have seen from dylan fratelli is that he is not consistent but he provides plenty of upside and in the 6k range this is where it starts to drop off pretty pretty quick here. Uh, Matthew Neesmith, we're probably going to hear a lot about. Also, you're probably going to hear the story, I think it's here, proposed to his girlfriend on the 18th green. Every time you hear that this week, take a sip. I'm pretty sure that's a story you're going to hear about a thousand times. The other Rory, Rory Sabatini, 6,800, he's carded three straight top 25s at this event. He finished 10th two years ago. He is, um, you know, you get one of those Wiley veterans at a course that is a staple on the PGA Tour, a unique one for that matter. And uh, watch out. I do not mind Rory Sabatini at 6,800. Trying to see who else we might want to fire up here. That's pretty much it. You know, I love that 9K range so much. For me, this week, I'm probably living on a balanced build. Um, maybe I'll just avoid, you know, the Cam Smith at 10,200. I assume Webb is going to be pretty chalky at his, what is he, 10,007. Maybe if, if I could get more Akawa into a lineup, maybe that's where I'd want to start. So we'll see. But I, I don't love much down here in this $6,500 range or lower. Yeah, I'm looking for something. I don't see it. Let's run the model and see if we can find something there. All right, so here we are. Let's do um I like to do, you know, either 50 rounds or I kind of like to do a little bit more recent. So let's do for me, uh, oh boy, let's do January 1st, 2021. I like that. I think that's a good time frame. We're starting to get a lot of results for that and then we'll do it up to uh up to today. 412 and for me, this is not really a model that I build a lot. You know, this is um, this is this is kind of the antithesis of what I build. You know, driving accuracy. Uh, being such a big player so let's do a big number on accuracy let's do 35 let's do um 20 on accuracy or i'm sorry i'm sorry 20 on distance because i understand the importance of it but you do not need it it is not a prerequisite for success uh stroke game, putting again not something that i usually weigh weigh a lot uh let's throw 25 on it this week i mean this really is much different than anything that we see before and then um let's do 10 uh, let's do 10 on approach And then 10 on uh, birdie or better. And let's round it out like that. And we'll sort by value and see, oh boy, Daniel Berger, uh, my number one golfer using those weights. So Daniel Berger uh, is $10,000. He's my number one golfer. Paul Casey is my number two golfer. Sung Jae is number number 3. Interesting. Sung Jae has not hit his approach as well. You can see that. You can see it right here in the model. Uh, the the thing with and this was uh one of the things I got right last week um was that Sung Jae would struggle at uh at Augusta National because you're if you're just a little bit off, you're a big time you're a big big trouble. Um I like him a little bit more this week. I don't know if I'm super excited to jump back in. Then you get Webb Simpson, Patrick Cantlay, and then a host of guys. I mean, this is this is the mold of golfers right here. Kisner, Harmon, Morikawa, Henley. Like, that's, yeah, exactly. That's exactly right. So these are the guys that I'm going to focus a bit on. Um, I'll do a deeper dive into Sungjae. Uh, that's a guy who I, w- I, I love generally, but this is... Might be a more difficult spot for him. I also want to look into Stewart Sink. He pops up here as one of the better values. $6,700. We'll take a peek at what Stewart Sink has been up to. So that's the way that I'm going to treat this model for this week. But as always, much appreciate you guys for uh, tuning in and all the support. This is a fun little week. I think it's going to be a good one. Tweet me, at Rick Rungood, or leave a comment below. Best of luck, and I'll talk to you guys soon.